1: Learn more at Marines.com.
0: It's Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years helping business owners maximize the success of their business through risk management tools and resources. It's like having a great offensive line for your business, just thwarting off risks and things that could potentially cost your bottom line. Find out how Federated can help your business by going to federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad.
1: I don't know how many times I've told those boys, never call
2: chicks broads. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Previously on Mackey and Judd. All right, welcome back to 1500 ESPN's Mock Draft 2014. Here now we're at the number eight pick, Minnesota Vikings on
3: the clock Representative the Vikings, Judd Zolgad. All right, guys, this is very easy. I'm trading back one pick. The Vikings are moving back to the ninth pick. I just Wait, made a you trade with no, Cleveland. No,
0: no, 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 it's a mock draft. There's no, you're trading with Cleveland? Phil, I got some
3: serious steam here. Just let me make the pick at nine. You make your pick first. Come uh, on, let's go.
0: Okay, I guess uh, the Cleveland Browns take uh, cornerback Justin Gilbert. All right. Go
3: Here's ahead. the deal. Minnesota Vikings select ninth linebacker UCLA Anthony Barr. That's my steam man. I talked to my friend what? Bobby about this. That hey, doesn't
0: make any hey, sense.
3: have some faith here. They're taking Anthony Barr. That doesn't make it. That makes no sense. Anthony Barr is like a second wrong guy. You don't think I know what I'm talking about? The Vikings are taking Anthony Barr. He's going to rush the passer. Let's roll. the
4: ninth pick in the 2014 NFL Draft. The Minnesota Vikings select Anthony Barr, linebacker, UCLA. With the 32nd pick in the 2014 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Teddy Bridgewater, quarterback, Louisville.
0: In kind of a roundabout way, to steal a line from our buddy Chris Long from Channel 5, Mm -hmm. the Vikings did tank for Teddy. They did brick for Bridgewater. It just took like 31 more picks than people thought six months ago to land Teddy Bridgewater. So you got your quarterback now. They got their quarterback. Here we go again, right? Boy, what a mix. Here of, we go again. Yeah, what a mix of reactions and emotions last night. You and I were anchoring the coverage in here for four or five hours, and so um, you know we broke in a few times, and we're all in on social media and, and the hangout last night, and it went from I think Vikings fans largely were perplexed. When they traded down to nine and then couldn't trade back any further and picked a guy that, on most of the mock drafts, the Mel Kiper, uh Mike Mayock, Todd McShays, that could have been available maybe in the 20s. But mm-hmm. I'll just, I mean, right off the bat, I'll just say I don't know to what degree these players are or aren't going to pan out, but I like the draft strategy. Go address a defensive need early. And go get a quarterback later on that you didn't feel like was worthy of a top-ten pick. And that's how everyone felt about Manziel, too, by the way. I want to talk about the quarterback because that,
3: that's obviously last night the sexy pick, Phil. But here's my first question. I'd love to get some calls on this. If you're a Viking fan and you were upset last night, and certainly via Twitter, as my Twitter feed was rolling throughout the night, there were a lot of very upset people. My question to you is very, very simple. Were you upset the Vikings took Anthony Barr because you know enough about him and how raw he is not to like him, or were you upset because they didn't take Manzel? That's my question because I sensed there was this oh Manzel's there you got to take him it's such an attractive pick and six five one six four six eight two five five six five one six four six eight two five five but I want you to be honest with yourself because I don't know any of us know enough about Anthony Barr to actually yeah. make a judgment of this pick. So were you upset about the pick itself? If Johnny Manziel hadn't been there, let's say there's no Johnny Manziel. Let's say we don't even like the quarterback class. And the Vikings have the eighth pick. They trade back one to the ninth pick, and they take Anthony Barr. Would you have been upset about it, or was your anger driven by the fact that Manziel remained on the board? And by the way, the key thing here with Manziel, too, is the media, the fans we can all talk to were blue in the face about this guy and how much fun it would be to cover him, which it would be but when you drop to the 22nd pick clearly the observations of national football league executives are far
0: different and they know far more than we do one would hope yes. than than the observation of the fans. Yeah, Think about what happened with him last night. So the Vikings were sitting there at number 9 overall. There's already a quarterback off the board. And so there's right, you can make a case all right there's a run on quarterbacks here. Look at the full lines blowing up now. Six five I one six, four, six, eight, two, five, five. We'll get to your calls in just a second. But nobody thought to even Nobody thought high enough of Johnny Manziel to give the Vikings anything of substance to trade back from nine, and you know they were working the phones to try and trade back from nine into the teens somewhere. Uh, Spielman did say yesterday that he he didn't want the Anthony Barr pick to get away. In fact, let's we're going to hear from Spielman live here at 11 o'clock, but let's i uh, play a couple bites here, Holden. This is actually uh, Spielman on Anthony Barr last night at the press conference.
4: Going through our mocks and our scenarios and all the intel and stuff, felt that if we did not take him here, that he was not going to last very long because he, uh, after and we felt had the potential to be the next best edge pass rusher uh, in the draft.
0: And so the fact is, it's, it's really hard to have a supercharged opinion, either positively or negatively, on any of these picks. Unless you're watching hours of film, you're in a meeting room face-to-face with these guys, I mean, would it have been really fun to watch Johnny Manziel play here for the next few years? Absolutely. It would have been fun for us. Would it have really—well, it would have been fun for fans, too, at least for a couple right, no, of years. Right, but I'm saying media and fans. Yeah. But, but it, my point But if, my if point you make is, a pick for marketing reasons, your team winds up being crappy after two years, and then you're drafting eighth again or third again in a couple years. Well, here's what you
3: know the Vikings did. You know the Vikings traded from eight to nine, and by trading from eight to nine, I think they thought they were also buying themselves time to talk to more teams— You know that they went, Rick Spielman called Dallas and said, you want Manziel? Come get him. Come get him at nine. Because Anthony Barr was projected, I think, by most people as he was a first-round pick. But those are by by media mock draft
0: pundits, and that might not mean anything. Anthony Barr
3: was thought to be a guy who would go from about 10 to 20. So he went ninth. It's not the end of the world. But you know that Spielman made calls to teams like Dallas and said, if you want Manziel, come get him. And nobody said yes. There was nobody. Even Dallas. Jerry Jones is crazy. Jerry Jones is, if you want to find a football fan who runs a team, it's Jerry Jones. And even Jerry Jones
0: people convinced him, hey, this kid's not worth taking at number nine. And and here's two things I feel really strongly about. Who are we to say that Anthony Barr was a bad pick? Like if you sit on your couch, and this is no offense because we're doing the same thing, if you're sitting on your couch watching the draft, and you're just going off of Mel Kuyper and Mike Mayock and Todd McShay's mock drafts. That's not enough to say definitively, Anthony Barr was a terrible pick. They could have got him at 18. Well, have you seen what the Houston Texans draft board looked like? Have you seen what the Cleveland uh, Browns draft board looked We don't know what the, the actual draft boards of these war rooms look like. So it's, it's possible the Vikings had a read on... Five different teams in the teens that really had Anthony Barr high up on their draft boards. Like We're, we're never going to know. Here's what, uh, here's what should
3: excite you. If you're a Viking fan, I'm going to give you a reason for optimism about the Anthony Barr pick. Mike Zimmer, according to Mike Zimmer and everybody else, he's never had a player like this. Well, the first inclination then is to say, why now? Mike Zimmer was defensive coordinator and very successful for the Cincinnati Bengals. But who was his head coach in Cincinnati? Yeah. Marvin Lewis, a former defensive coordinator. Mike Zimmer could not go completely rogue. Norv Turner will run the Vikings offense. Mike Zimmer will consult with Norv Turner. He'll ask questions. But Norv Turner, I think, essentially is going to tell him, Mike, here's what we're going to do. In Cincinnati, Mike Zimmer, a very good defensive coordinator, worked for another former defensive coordinator. There are going to be limits on what Marvin Lewis would allow Mike Zimmer to do. What the Vikings got in Anthony Barr is the potential, and we'll see how they use him, but it's the potential to introduce a wrinkle to a defense that Mike Zimmer's never shown before. If I'm a Viking fan, I love that.
0: We need to talk much more about Teddy Bridgewater, and I also have a theory as to why the Vikings might be doing something the Wolves did a few years ago and the Wolves regret, and we can get to that later. Let's go to the phone lines. Oh, George, you're on Mackey and Judd. Good morning, George. George, what's up, man? No, George, you sound it like it. Turn it off the speaker phone. There you Sorry. go. What do you got, George? Yeah. It's
2: all about excitement and uh, gambling. Spielman gambled and lost with Ponder. He gambled last night by not taking Manziel because of his potential. And... We will not know for two years how that gamble turned out. I'm saying
0: he's gonna lose. But here here's the thing. When you use the word gamble, you're saying you're basically saying that every other team in the top twenty, even the quarterback starved teams like Cleveland the first time around. Now Cleveland wound up with him at twenty two, but Cleveland passed on him in the top five. They passed on him again in the top ten when they traded back. Jacksonville passed on him in favor of Blake Bortles. Jacksonville is one of the most quarterback-starved teams in the history of the NFL. And they said, Blake Bortles is the best quarterback in this draft, not Johnny Manziel. And so when we toss around the word potential, couldn't you apply all these same arguments to Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was number one overall on a lot of mock draft boards six months ago. And so I think it's just we're so caught up in this Johnny Manziel mania. Might he become an amazing player? It's very possible. And the Vikings thought enough of him to at least try to trade back in, according to Jay Glazer, at 22. But it's pretty obvious to me every single team that needed a quarterback said the same thing about Johnny Manziel. There's enough red flags here to where we don't feel like he's Andrew Luck or RG3. We don't feel like he's a top-ten caliber pick. But you know what? We're okay with those red flags if, if we grab who we want first, defensive player, whoever it may be. And take a flyer on him late in the first. But round.
3: this draft, worked,
0: everyone felt the same.
3: But way. this draft worked out pretty much like we thought it would. We just now, I wanted the Vikings to take a cornerback, but they had to take defense, which they did with their first pick. They Could have taken at, Justin
0: Gilbert, and then at they eight trade, if
3: they to. which I wouldn't have minded. But then they trade back in to the late first round to get their quarterback. Hence, they get the fifth-year option on that quarterback,
0: which is good for oh, them. a Good call by Tom Pelissero yesterday. Well, he predicted exactly the right. exact scenario. But, yeah. but
3: to George's point, here's the thing: when they took Ponder in 2011. That's a gamble, but that's one gamble where if you lose, you're dead. If Ponder busted, which he did, they're dead. This was a two-part gamble. You pass on Manziel, but you still take a quarterback. So I think this is a much safer gamble because this is saying Johnny Manziel wasn't worth a top, let's say, 20 pick, which is probably right. Bridgewater, who was going to be the first overall pick last fall with a lot of people, is now their pick. So I think this gamble, while this is a gamble, because draft picks are always a gamble, this is a safer gamble than it was if you just take Manziel at 9. If he
0: busts, you're done. They hedge their bet, is what they yes. did. They hedge their bet. Uh, Jerry, you're on Mackie and Joe. What's up, man? Good
2: morning, guys. Uh, I'm fine with the Anthony Bar pick. Uh You look at Mike Zimmer and his track record, uh, especially you look at Vontaze Burfict and what he's done the past couple of years for Cincinnati. Last year, he led the league in tackles, and he was undrafted, and he was a major league project. Like you see Anthony Barr is an awful lot of talent, and if he gets the right coaching, which you hope Zimmer and the uh, defensive coaches can provide, uh, I'm fine with the pick. And Bridgewater, I, I wouldn't have minded. Garoppolo, uh, I would have stayed a long ways away from Bettenberg. Yep. Uh, I... I can't
0: complain one bit. Yeah, and thanks for the call, Jerry. I'll I'll bring up one obvious comparison here. And again, this is not to say that Johnny Manziel's for sure going to be a bust. It's not to say that Anthony Barr is for sure going to be unbelievable or it's not to say anything about Teddy Bridgewater cuz right now we just we could, we only know so much until we see these guys. The 2006 NFL draft. Remember what happened at the top of the 2006 NFL draft? I do not. You had the Houston Texans picking number 1. And if I recall right, the New Orleans Saints were picking number two. Mm-hmm. Everybody was on Reggie Bush going into that draft, especially for a Houston team that lacked offense. They didn't have a quarterback at the time. Uh, they just they needed offensive punch. And they decided, we're going to go with Mario Williams and blow everyone's minds. And they got destroyed for passing on Reggie Bush, number one overall, and drafted Mario Williams. His second year, he had 14 sacks, 12 sacks in his third year. It was one of the best pass-rushing defensive ends in the NFL. And then... Kind of dropped off the planet a little bit at the end of his career in Houston. Not career, end of his tenure in Houston because he was injured. But it's, I'm not saying Anthony Barr is going to be Mario Williams, but you can't, just because you haven't heard of Anthony Barr as much as you've heard of Johnny Manziel and because you haven't watched him as much, that's not enough of a reason to be apoplectic about this pick today. And my point is this I think that people, I think this goes far
3: more to the passing on Manziel than it does taking Barr. As I said, remove Manziel from this draft. Just, Say you got a quarterback class with no dynamic. Because Manziel is seen as a dynamic quarterback. Let's say you have no dynamic QB and you take Anthony Barr. I think you might have some people saying, why didn't they take a cornerback? Which I think is a very fair question. But I think what we saw
0: yesterday, which was people melting down, doesn't happen. Also remember, Judd, uh, it didn't work out because they drafted Troy Williamson. But didn't the Vikings pass, quote-unquote, on Mike Williams in 2005? Yes. And everyone was irate because, well, you see Mike Williams on national TV because he plays for USC one's oh, well, up the both. both those guys were bust. Second round, was it second round in two thousand seven or eight?
3: Dwayne Jarrett, USC wide receiver yeah, that still on the board. Sidney Rice. And they take Sydney Rice, and we all said, Who the bleep is Sidney Rice? Why did you just pass on Dwayne Jarrett and it it turned out to be the right pick? Uh Tony,
0: good morning. You're on Mackey and Judd. Good
2: morning, gentlemen. I think uh I, I think it's not unreasonable to feel like Vikings fans did when they selected Barr though, because you're taking a gamble on a guy that's a speed and size guy without a position in a 4-3. Ultimately, it ends up on Zimmer, and I think we have a lot of faith in Zimmer, and this pick will be Zimmer's guy, so you have to find a way to make use of him. But when you need a middle linebacker, when you need safety, when you need cornerback, even even if we don't get Manziel to pass on the top guys at those positions for a guy that you are – trying to tell us that so you can make him into a dynamic player, even though he hasn't shown that, mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's where it's not unreasonable to have that reaction.
3: Let's do this. I think that reaction, I think the reaction of fans to how Anthony Barr fits in this defense is very fair, but I think it's very fair to a defense that we saw, not one we're going to see. Let's talk about that next. And on more AGI.
0: of your reaction to 651-646-8255. This is Mackie and Judd.
2: We are ready to go. On 1500 Go ESPN.
3: All right, so here's my point before we get back to the phone calls, Phil Mackie, about the Vikings defense and how Anthony Barr fits it. I don't blame people because I'm in the same camp here, but I think when the Vikings make a pick like Barr last night, we think, okay, how does this guy fit in the defense as we know it? Well, the Leslie Frazier, Tampa 2, and all those principles are gone. So, if you want to try and project how Anthony Barr is going to look in this defense, you can't do it until you actually see regular season game number one. Yeah. Because in the preseason, the Vikings will run, Mike Zimmer will run as vanilla of defense as possible. You won't see anything from that defense that's going to tip anybody off. And we already were talking last night about Anthony Barr is a strong side linebacker, and that's Greenway spot. No, no, here's the deal. In the Tampa 2, the Tampa 2 defense, the strong side linebacker actually is the weak side linebacker in this defense. Chad Greenway is still going to be on the field playing linebacker. He's going to be considered the weak side linebacker. And the other thing with Barr is Barr is going to – there's a perception still that your defensive ends are going to get lots of sacks. That doesn't happen ordinarily in this defense Everson Griffin, if this all works out correct, is not going to get nearly as many sacks as you anticipate. You know who is going to get those if things work out? Anthony Barr. Yeah. So it's not—it's nobody's fault because we've seen the Tampa two since two thousand six. But if you take the Vikings defense as we know it and project Anthony Barr into it, he's not a good fit. That would be a bad draft pick. Mike Zimmer made a draft pick based solely on the fact that he is bringing his own defensive principles, which will be which will be very different than the Tampa two. So. Let's not get too excited and say how is this guy a fit in a defense that we're not going to understand until next September. And let's
0: not for, I I feel like the reaction here from a lot of people is, what? Well, they passed on a franchise quarterback to take sort of a raw unproven linebacker that they may have reached for at number 9. As if they didn't draft a quarterback in the first round. They drafted a quarterback in the first round. And is there really let's go back to any stage of 6 months ago when the college season was ending or three months ago, combine, whatever whatever stage you want to go at to where the draft boards were evolving and, and players are moving up and down, haven't Bridgewater and Manziel always kind of been together, right? They were both maybe projected to – Bridgewater was projected to go higher than Manziel six yeah, months ago. Yeah, I was going to say, Bridgewater was above yeah. Manziel. And then as the combine played out and the workouts played out, both kind of slid down. And I, I feel like Johnny Mania and teams trying to create buzz, every team in the top ten at one point or another, it seemed like was linked to Johnny Manziel. That's all smokescreen BS, and those teams wanted everyone to think that they were going to take Johnny Manziel. And as it turns out, the only people who thought Johnny Manziel was worthy of a top-ten pick and worthy of being handed this quarterback of the future baton were fans and media. Fans and media were the only people that thought Johnny Manziel was worthy of a franchise-changing top-ten pick. You have quarterback-starved teams, teams that haven't had a drink of water in six months, the Cleveland Browns, the Jacksonville Jaguars, hell, the Tennessee Titans, I'll put them in that group too. They picked 11th overall. And they're walking through the desert and they come across a bottle of Aquafina and they look at it and they say, you know what? What did he? We're good. I'm going to wait for that bottle of Evian instead. That's what happened last night. So I think we need to get over this whole thing. Well, they may- also, may- maybe they made a huge mistake, but every team but made a huge mistake. Here's, then. here's the reality of that first round.
3: There was no sure franchise quarterback in it. Teddy Bridgewater is not. Johnny Manziel is not. Blake Bortles. God help the Jacksonville Jaguars if they were Jaguars wrong. Jaguars
0: fans are so depressed today. Blake
3: Bortles is not a surefire both, franchise quarterback. Jaguars fans. If you want, if you want me to take a quarterback in the top ten at this point in time, knowing what we know about quarterbacks, uncertainty, all that, if you want me to do that you've got to come through with a lot more than this quarterback class did. Andrew Luck was a surefire franchise quarterback. It's why I'll always go back, and I know people hate to hear this, but it's why I'll always go back to why 2011 going 3-13 and 13 was so bad you wanted to win one or two games. Yeah. That was a franchise quarterback. Robert Griffin III, as good as he is, as dynamic as he can be, is a scary proposition because he can't stay healthy. So if you want me to invest a top 5 or top 10 pick in a quarterback and his name's not Andrew Luck and I have to roll the dice – then I'm probably bailing back. I'm not taking that chance. Hi, Don.
1: Hey, guys.
3: Hey, Don. Several
1: points. One uh, about Anthony Barr. We don't know, but I'll I'll come to this. Let's go back to the 2012 draft, where the Seattle Seahawks drafted Bruce Urban and Bobby Wagner in the first two picks, and people trashed them for it. They're like, they, they said they reached on them, and but again. We didn't know what Seattle's defense was going to become. Those two became per, very predominant players for them. So and that's something have to look at there. So Barr, I, I'm sure Zimmer has a scheme and an idea of what they want to do with Barr. Two, if the Vikings really wanted Johnny Manziel, they would have selected him at nine. They just didn't see him that highly there. And you can't pass on somebody like Bridgewater. Bridgewater is something what Ponder never could do, go through progressions, And he does it without – panicking he in in he you know when you have the highest completion percentage of any quarterback that's in the in college you, you gotta like your chances with with Bridgewater so I and and I think in, in, you know I, I think the Vikings did a great job last night
0: thank you for the phone call Don uh, b- back to his point about Anthony Barr I saw some prominent LA media members John Ireland from ESPN 710 in LA doesn't cover UCLA football but Uh, him and a couple other UCLA or L.A.-based media members just raving about this pick, saying, you guys, you're going to love this guy, Anthony Barr. Yeah, he's kind of raw, but he's an unbelievable player, and you're going to love watching him. Hey, Howard. Good
2: morning, gentlemen. The number one hole for two years has been linebacker. Obviously, they took Barr, but the next outside linebacker went 15 when Tennessee and the Bears needed one, and the one after that went 26. If you weren't going to address a linebacker when you only have one NFL linebacker on your roster that's over 30, Mm -hmm. you got a problem.
3: He's right. He's right. And the two positions that I said that I thought they should address with their highest pick last night was cornerback and or linebacker. Now, I could see – and that's my point about this. If you want to be upset that they didn't draft a third corner, then that makes more sense to me. The outrage about Manziel makes zero sense. If you want to say, you know – You can never have enough corners in this league. You're going to play three all the time because the reality of what you need is this. You need three cornerbacks who are starting caliber corners and two starting caliber linebackers. Look at how much you're in nickel. That third linebacker comes off the field all the time. So if the discussion point wants to be, hey, I think they should have taken a cornerback and not a linebacker, Mm -hmm. I'll have that discussion. But if the outrage is, oh, they didn't take Manziel, well, to me that's lazy to a point. And,
0: and put yourself back in November. Back in November, December, January. As a Vikings fan, if somebody would have told you, alright, the Vikings at 8 overall, or as it turns out, ninth overall, we're going to address a major need in linebacker. And then later in the first round, they're going to get Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, you would have Everybody would have said, yes. Absolutely, we would take that scenario. You so you're going to get a, a better defensive player than you would have gotten later in the first round. You're going to get what the Vikings perceive as a prime defensive player at a position of need, and then you also get Teddy Bridgewater? So why has that perception changed in five months? And don't forget, part of our excitement about
3: Manziel and part of our dismay about Bridgewater is solely generated on pro days. They're pro days. Bridgewater had the bad pro day. Manziel, I don't know he had a good pro day so much as a dynamic pro day, and we all got excited.
0: Tom, you're on Mackie and Jug. Good morning. Uh, hey, Bart. Uh, hey, Phil. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, man. Uh,
2: Bar is. Uh, a little frustrated here. Um, What's
3: wrong? This
2: is this this is just like I haven't been this furious since we took ponder. Uh, Deep breath. Bar is a raw prospect, and you don't take linebacker prospects at nine overall. You just don't. It, and um, you guys are just talking about uh, Bridgewater and his pro day. Bridgewater bombed his pro day. Look, I, I don't put much stock into how great players look on their pro day, but if you bomb it, that's that's a huge red flag. And there's a reason he fell all the way to thirty second. This is this is a slick Rick panic move right here. It, it, it is beyond
0: infuriating. Yeah, it, it's, I hope he's it's not cool near time, any high like, buildings. Yeah, dude, if you if get there's... on the
3: ground floor, maybe get underneath a desk or something right now, like a tornado warning, and just gather yourself. I'm worried about him. Yeah, man, if there's steak knives within reach, man, just take a deep breath. <laughs> so, take a step back. So we don't put much stock in Bridgewater's Pro Day, but we're that's a red flag that he didn't do well there? There's red flags about Bridgewater. I, I cannot get very excited about one bad day, and I'm not defending the pick. I'm just saying I'm not surprised they came back into the late first round to get a quarterback, and I don't know. I'm not going to complain that much about Teddy Bridgewater. And,
0: and we're using the word prospect with Anthony Barr as outsiders looking in. The Vikings might use the word prospect, but just because a guy's a prospect doesn't mean he's not going to be an amazing player at some point. Uh, Brandon, what's up, man?
2: Hey, guys, how you doing? I, I uh, love the show. Matt, yeah, I was the guy who uh, tweeted you and said you're a ton better than the idiot on K-Fan. Oh, well. I can't, I can't listen to that guy. I don't know what's wrong with this world.
0: Well, we appreciate um, you listening, my friend.
2: I, I got to say, I'm, I'm calling in from uh, what can be viewed as a – biased standpoint, Uh, being a Packer fan in Viking country, I'm force-fed the information on the Vikings because I love listening to sports talk radio. So I've become kind of neutral and let it play out in my mindset. I mean, I don't necessarily hate the Vikings. I can't stand the Bears, though. But I'm wondering here, though, is what you guys really think about this is that not that they'd really stretch for a linebacker at nine, but I thought that they needed to take the most polished NFL-ready linebacker if that was the direction they were going to go. And if they were going to go that way, I felt that player was C.J. Mosley. And then as for as for Bridgewater, I think the only knock on him from my perspective is that if you play in a conference like the Big East, your numbers are going to be buoyed by the lack of competition in conference. So how do you dissect a quarterback like that? I mean, how did the Vikings come to the conclusion that this is our guy after yeah. everybody else seemed to let him go by? And
0: that's very true. Appreciate the call. Yeah, it's uh, real quick. Blake Bortles played at Central Florida and so it, it wasn't if you look up and down his schedule too it wasn't exactly but, the cream of the crop. Um, Derek Carr played at Fresno State. So there's you he get... made he made the exact point though. This is why you don't take Teddy Bridgewater in the top 10 because
3: you don't know exactly. This is why you get back into the late first round, get that fifth year option. He's a far safer pick at 32 than Manziel or Bridgewater would have been at 8 or 9. And uh as far as a polished player in bar, a player like that once again, keep in mind, we're not putting him at strong side linebacker in Les Frazier's defense. So let's wait and see what the Vikings do with him. If they get creative with this kid, he could, if nothing else next year, even if he's not a three down player, he could be a matchup nightmare. And in the Tampa 2, that wasn't going to happen. Kevin Seifert, what did he think of the draft? The Vikings picks, we'll find out next. Ready for another chance to earn
2: points and score some amazing prizes? Your 1,500 ESPN rewards. Listen and win code is revealed now. Collect points, grand prizes, 1,500 ESPN rewards, 1,500espn.com. 100 points on the line today. Just enter that code correctly, and you can get your uh, points towards a chance to see Paul McCartney's sold-out show at Target Field August 2nd. Only 250 points. To enter for tickets to that, today's code word for 930 is Bridgewater. Bridgewater is the code word. Enter it correctly. Get rewarded for listening. It's 1500 ESPN Rewards, 1500ESPN.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. My kind of team, Charlie. It's my kind of team. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
4: Every time I have exposure to him, and when you watch the tape and with Zim and, and Coach Turner and uh, Scott Turner, he just seems to have that knack of uh, when he's in pressure situations in the game,
3: being able to come through it. Vikings GM Rick Spielman last night. Uh, Rick, by the way, will join us at 11 o'clock. Before we get to Seifert, uh, talking Phil, about Bridgewater, by the way. Yes. Before we get to uh, before we get to our buddy Kevin Seaford. Tom Roller, take care of yourself today. You're very upset by this pick. You called. You tweeted us. We understand you don't like the picks. Just at least allow it to play out. Kevin dot ESPN.com, covers the entire National Football League, and uh, sir, let, we'll certainly get to what went on around the league last night with the 32 picks, but let's start with the Vikings. What was your assessment when Anthony Barr was taken at 9 overall? Were you as outraged as a, a lot of this fan base seemed to be?
4: Well, you know, it, it, I never th- I assume that the outrage was that they didn't take Manziel at number nine. Mm-hmm. And so it never really, it was never really to me an option that they were going to do that. You know, I know there's a lot of reports that they were trying to trade up for him at number 22, but when you looked at um, the history of, of, of North Turner and Mike Zimmer and, uh, and even Rick Spielman, there wasn't necessarily a whole lot of uh, wiggle room for the kind of style of quarterback that they wanted. And, um, if they were going to draft a quarterback, it seemed much more likely that they would end up with a guy who's who's more of a traditional pocket passer that had mobility, but more of a traditional pocket passer like a Bridgewater. So I wasn't even surprised, let alone outraged, that they didn't take Manziel. Um, you know, Barr, you almost want to give Mike Zimmer the benefit of the doubt. I mean, his his resume speaks for himself uh, in terms of being a guy who can take defensive players and, and get the most out of them and create really good – defensive groups. And so you want to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that while some teams may not have viewed Anthony Barr as a top 10 uh, prospect, that Zimmer has a very good idea of what he's going to be doing in his scheme, and he knows the type of player who can succeed in it, and that that this is the type of guy um, uh, that can do it. Now, you you can say if not many teams thought of him as a top 10 prospect, should they have tried to trade down even further? Well, maybe, but there was also speculation that the Lions were on him, too, and if that was the case, uh, there wasn't a whole lot more uh, room to go down, and so, in the end, I was not outraged. I think their defense was terrible last year. I think everybody knows that. They've made some strides in free agency there, but uh, they still had a long way to go. It's been a while since they had a really dominant pass-rushing linebacker. Um, You know, you don't have that too often in 4-3, but the Vikings surely didn't necessarily try either, and so... Uh, that's, um, that's 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 going to be a new a new uh, thing for them, and and I think they needed help at all levels, and and there's nothing wrong with with doing that at number
0: nine. You know, Kevin, right now on SportsCenter, uh, Darren Ravel is breaking down the economic impact of Johnny Manziel on the Cleveland Browns. Let me ask you this: Judd and I have talked about this, and and we both agree that you should not draft a player for marketing reasons. But is with Johnny Manziel and a, and a guy like Tim Tebow, for instance? is there, if you're on the fence between a couple different players, is there any reason to lean toward a Manziel because, well, you know, this will create a lot of buzz for us, or is that just a colossal mistake for teams to make?
4: I I think it's a colossal mistake. You know, you're never going to have teams that necessarily admit that that's why they drafted uh, a player like that. I know Sal Palantonio had a really interesting anecdote about Jimmy Haslam uh, walking in the streets of Cleveland and having a homeless man tell him to draft Manziel, and that that was the reason he – uh, you know, or at least that that was when he became convinced that that's what Browns fans want. He didn't go so far as to say that's what made him make the decision or, or push that decision on his GM or anything. But clearly, um, the city of Cleveland is buzzing right now, and where they would not have been with anybody else, they might have t- taken. They, you know, people already forget they, they drafted somebody higher than Manziel. They had uh, Gilbert at uh, number not, at number eight in the. Vikings pick, and nobody will ever remember that because this is the mansell draft, so certainly the browns who very much could use um, you know a boost in buzz uh got that you know whether they intended to or not, I guess we'll never get at the bottom of it. I don't know that the Vikings were in the same spot um, you know there there it appears as those uh, ticket sales for the new stadium were going well uh, in the interim time in t c f people are excited about the new. New coaching staff I think and and about the moves that have been made and this has always been a, a the Vikings have always had a stranglehold on this market whether they were winning or not so I don't know that they needed that kind of injection um, but you know whether that it would have helped or not I'm, I'm sure it would have helped but I don't know that they were in the same position as Cleveland and I certainly don't think they, that should ever be a a uh, <coughs> excuse me should ever be a a factor in making a draft decision if you if that's part of your draft decision, then you're not going to be getting too far.
3: And don't you think too, Kevin, that if the Vikings, let's say they trade back eight to nine, okay? And they take Manzel at nine, while the fan base today would be super excited and they'd be printing Manzel jerseys in purple and all that, don't you think the league wide the people that know what they're talking about would be saying, What the heck did the Minnesota Vikings just do?
4: Yeah, yeah, and they would have um know yeah, certainly because as it played out, you know, and now obviously everybody had a uh, had a general sense of what within the league. I think had a general sense of what was going to happen because uh, you know certainly if the Browns thought that that Manziel was going to be a guy that uh, would be in a top ten type, there would be other teams trying to uh, draft him in the top ten. They would have taken him at four or even at nine. And so uh, there was. It seems like it was pretty well understood within the league that he was not going to be a, a top even a top twenty pick. So. Had the Vikings done that at at number eight, obviously that would have, uh, you know, raised some questions there. But, you know, I I do think that if you really locked in on a quarterback and you really think this is the guy that's going to take you somewhere, let's not worry about whether you take him at eight or nine or 20 or 22 because that's when you get too cute and that's when you lose people. And I know there – or reports that that the Vikings tried to trade up to get Manziel at 22, but to me that tells me that can only tell me they weren't that convinced that he was much better than than Bridgewater or anyone else who might have been available. Because if you really were are sold on this guy being your franchise quarterback, take him at eight, you know, and and don't or nine, and don't worry about uh, whether you can get more value later. Don't be greedy at that position. So that told me that nope, that there wasn't a lot of um, consensus around the league and certainly within the Vikings organization. This guy was. Was, uh, there was much separation between him and, and some of the other quarterback prospects.
0: Kevin, it's, it's interesting, at least seemingly, how much input Rick Spielman got from North Turner on the decision to draft Teddy Bridgewater and then how much input, if not outright uh, lobbying, from Mike Zimmer on the decision to draft Anthony Barr. Do we know if he took that much input from assistant coaches and head coaches in the past? I know like, he hasn't had full authority until recently, so that might factor in.
4: I, I think so. I mean, when Childress was the coach, um, there was a little bit more uh, uh, dictating that could happen from the coaching staff into the draft process. But uh, and it, and it certainly is worth pointing out that that Spielman hired Zimmer and 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 obviously endorsed the North Turner um, hiring in a way that he did not with Leslie Frazier or any of the assistants that Leslie Frazier hired because he was not the general manager when that when those uh, uh, decisions were made. And so. Uh, clearly, he these, he has the guys he wants in place, but I think any good general manager would, would tell you and, and would act upon the idea that if you're drafting guys based on your own assessment and you're not taking the input of coaches and you're not listening to how the coaches would use them or wouldn't use them or you don't have a great understanding of their schemes and and therefore matching the skills to the schemes, then you're not really doing your job. So, yeah. I, I I think it's actually a plus to have to have the impression that the coaches had strong input into the into the um, decision as long the draft decisions as long as the, the coaches themselves have good reputations and are credible and I think that's the case both with Zimmer and and with North Turner
3: nine defensive backs go first round last night Kevin what does that say about the trend towards that within a pass happy league
4: yeah and not one of them went to the Vikings I know yep. you watched you know there was there was some. Um, all-time poor play from the the Vikings secondary last year. You know, injuries were a part of that, obviously, and they'll move on from that. And they've already signed Captain Munnerlin, and they'll have uh, Harrison Smith back, of course. But um, you know, it's pretty clear that that you know, if it wasn't clear where the passing uh, you know, the teams feel like they need to catch up on the pass defense, then, then it never will be clear. And and what's most interesting is how many you know, half, almost half of those were safeties. And so you rarely, it's not often that you see so many safeties taken in in the first round. And and that trend is related to the idea that, that receivers are getting so big, tight ends are getting so good at being receivers, that when you go to nickel, uh, not, you know a lot of teams are not using a cornerback as their third defensive back to cover. They're using a third safety instead. And so it's almost as if you need to draft a safety to, to pair up with your starting safeties and to be your nickel if you want to match up against the big receivers and tight ends. And I know that was a thought process for several teams in free agency going after safeties and signing them to big deals, and it continued throughout the draft that that people need bigger defensive backs. You're not going to find too many big guys playing cornerback in college, and so the next thing is to go find big safeties who you think can cover and use them as nickelbacks. Thank
0: Thanks, you, sir. Kevin. Appreciate Thanks, it, man. Guys. Talk to mm-hmm. Kevin. Mm-hmm. Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com, NFL columnist. Uh, we're up against the, the clock here, but we'll come back and talk more Vikings, and we have to preview Wild Game 4 as well, and Rick Spielman at 11 o'clock. Brace yourself, folks. You're listening to Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right. We ran really late with those last couple segments, but we will take more phone calls in the 10 o'clock hour. If you have thoughts on anything we've talked about, do you think it was a mistake passing on Johnny Manziel? Do you love the fact that the Vikings addressed a defensive need and wound up with Teddy Bridgewater late in the first round? Six five one six four six eight two five five. How soon do you want to see Bridgewater start, too? Are you Ooh. willing to be
3: patient for a season, or do you want to see him start at some point next season? I've got a thought on that, but I'm curious what the expectation for the 32nd overall pick in the first round is. When do you want to
0: see Teddy Bridgewater be the starting quarterback for the Vikings? In fact, we should get to a little bit of that coming up next year. Uh, also, Rick Spielman, Vikings GM, will join us at 11 o'clock. We'll still talk to Jess Myers, our 1500 ESPN.com hockey columnist, because, hey, there is a pretty big hockey game going on tonight in St. Paul that we don't want to ignore on this Vikings draft uh,
5: review day. Mackie and Judd. Out- Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug to Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players, that is, until they don't. When it comes to finger pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk, but when the team loses, it turns into they loss. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team. You lose as a team. We cry. We console our brother. We don't point the finger. We go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.